Why don't you go back to your best job in the Valley, rookie? I know, right? <laughs> Hello, legions, and welcome once again to the What You've Been Watching podcast. I am your host, the marvelous Mike Dudley, joined as always by my co-host, cohort, and youngest brother... MD3 Marcus Dudley checking in on the YOU. What is going on out there in podcast land? We are broadcasting live from just outside the brand new LED lights at Dope Campbell Stadium <laughs> on the south side of Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, you can find us at Whatcha Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com. Where else can they find us, my brother? You can find us online at facebook.com slash Dudley Bros Podcast. Or, you know, we there. Yeah, we were out there. We're actually already in your closet. Like, I was at a doing? I was at a fish fry last Saturday, and not one of y'all came out. So don't act like I'm the problem. Uh, also, shout out to Kesta for our opening theme song. Always bright, always a banger, always a pleasure, always gets us in the yeah. spirit here at what you've been watching. And we also want to give a shout out to uh, MK Dudley Art for the wonderful right. banner that uh, the wonderful thumbnail that uh, enticed you to come click and hear our aural goodness. That's right. That's right. So what's going on with you, my brother? Man, oh man, dog days of summer, ain't it? I don't want to be that podcast that turns into the weather, but, you know, we already been there. Two people in their 30s talking about how goddamn hot it is. I'll start. I was mowing the lawn the other day, and I had to change my shirt immediately afterwards, and my boxers, because I sweat through my own testicles. (laughs) What about you? Uh, I I also was mowing the lawn uh, at the, the lovely Liz's house, and I got about halfway through it and thought, well, damn, I don't even mow my lawn at my house. Why am I doing this over here? And then I remembered why. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the oh, price yeah. you pay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that is the price you pay. She was uh, very giving last night. So uh... You see Stan over there? <laughs> He's paying right now. <laughs> Listening to old Wendy's bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, no, it's, it's been crazy hot, man. Like, anything you do is just, like, a wrap-it-up quick moment. Like, yeah, fuck this, yeah. man. You... So. It's it's that wonderful time of year where like you have all these people who like emigrate to to Florida from from other places you know typically up north or whatever and they're always like oh I just thought Florida was beach weather and it's gonna be nice all day and it's like oh sweetheart we don't go outside during this time like, nah man if you ain't posted up somewhere with AC and a glass of iced tea right now you're doing it wrong yeah no for real it's one of the, it's so hot that like for real how hot is it I don't want to hear people bitch this winter. Like oh it's a real cold winter I don't I don't want to hear it at all I don't it's global temperatures reaching all new highs on record and I don't want to hear shit about how cold it is this winter <laughs> just endure it just shut it up enjoy hoodie weather wrap up wear three That's of right. them That's it's right. just going away soon That's right hot chocolate some uh, put some Kahlua in your coffee yeah, in the morning shut the just fuck up about how cold it is park it up baby let's there, do it there you go don't forget your mittens it's gonna be a cold That's right That's right Well people do not listen to us for weather oh i forgot i know right we could keep going because <laughs> there's the thing about the weather is it's going to be a certain way and then it's going to change right you know what i'm saying right but then you're going to wake you know how, up like one day it'd be one way and then the next like, day it'd be something different or within the same day right it's kind of like it'll be hot like in the morning right and then it stays hot right and then it's like at night it cools down it's kind of like that you know well, I guess we best get on yeah. now. <laughs> I can't wait for all of my conversations to go like that in probably like the next 15 years. <laughs> well, it was good hanging out in like a Home Depot parking lot. <laughs> no, not, not even the, the parking lot, like in the middle of the aisle, like, ah, Jeff, I ain't seen you in a minute. How you been? Just both you going opposite directions, blocking the aisle, can't yep. nobody get through and find the light bulbs that they need. You right. guys just catching up on the past 
25 years because you ain't seen each other since middle school. Or well, whatever. we don't get that far because all we can do is talk about the weather today. Uh, but that's not why people tune in. We'll get there yet. That's a podcast for down the road. <laughs> Two old men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what you been watching, my brother? That's why the people tune in. Oh, my man. I uh, Let's see. What have I been watching? I watched um, watched the classic Talladega Nights recently. I fucking love I know Talladega you do, Nights. and that's why I wanted to talk about it with you, because right. I know your love and appreciation for this movie. I like Adam McKay a lot, and that movie... Uh, yeah, I'll try my best not to just quote it the whole time. But yeah, go ahead. What are your thoughts <laughs> it's on... It's very ta- difficult. Yeah, not no, what are your thoughts on Talladega Nights, man? I mean, I think... I think it's probably the the strongest showing between you know uh, uh, John C. Riley and um, Will not Ferrell. Will Forte Will Will, Ferrell. Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will that's a different movie, but that's that still a watchable that's movie. Still a watchable movie. Willie Forts is up on the he's working his way to getting up there on the wall. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's probably I mean obviously Step Brothers, but I think Talladega Nights has a little bit more structured plot line, a little bit more you know. Opening act, first act, second act, third act, closer. In That's terms true. Of, I, I think, I think Step Brothers tends to ramble a little bit just to squeeze in joke after joke after joke. Step Brother has a lot more heart, though. I agree. A lot more heart. I think it's a lot more heartfelt. But, it, but I mean, the, the whole premise of that movie is just, okay, so we're just going to get you guys together again and just have you guys just riff for the entire movie So because you're wonderful at it, so... Whereas, again, I think Talladega Nights was a little bit more bound by script in terms of like, okay, guys, we've been talking about duck poop for the past 20 minutes. I really need one of you to say, I'll see you at the race. Right. You right. I mean? right. <laughs> right. That's kind of apparently how it works according to all the uh, the behind the scenes features that I've listened to and stuff. Because he just rolls on everything. He sets up two cameras mm-hmm. and then he just rolls them all day and then he just stands behind, off camera, behind it and just like yells, hey, say it, say this, say that. And the whole job is to try to like one up each other, right? And then eventually somebody says something so funny that like they all crack, and then somebody will say something, and you feel bad. You're like, that wasn't as funny, but <laughs> but that's just so. I think he said something along the lines of, if the film that he left uncut for, I think it was Step Brothers, uh-huh. it could have like wrapped around the globe. I don't know how like serious he's being, but apparently right. he just rolled and just yeah but, yeah. So no, I would agree that Talladega Nights is a little more structured, but I. Step Brothers is my favorite of the three. Oh, of course, of course. Of the three, or I guess four, Adam McKay, Will Ferrell Ventures. It started with really SNL, but right. then it was uh, Anchorman, right? And then Talladega Nights, yep. And Step Brothers, Anchorman. Two. No, the other guys. And then oh, the other guys. Two. That's right. Yeah, yeah, five of them. Yeah. And then technically, I guess you could throw in uh, uh, Holmes and Watson. That is not an Adam McKay joint, but still a uh, uh, Johnny Riley's and uh, yeah, yeah. Which Will I, Arnett movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> John C. McGinley. And, <laughs> and Will Arnett. I'd watch that movie, too. I would watch that movie, too. <laughs> Why are we not pitching for Hollywood right know. now? I don't know. Oh, no, but what do you think about Talladega Nights, though, man? We're getting off topic already. I mean, of course I love it. It's it, I, Again, I, I don't want to just sit here and run through quotes. Go ahead. You know, just, Go yeah. ahead. Don't you put that curse on us, Ricky Bobby. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky I hope Bobby. you both have strong... Masculine sons. Artic- they, he says articulate, articulate sons. sons. <laughs> they have their legs taken away so that you can know a fraction of the pain I feel right now. Yeah. There's a me being an awesome manager. When we had my my team at work was a little bigger. We had like I think it was five or six of yeah, it was like five of us. Two of the guys kind of got in a joking argument and tension started to rise. And my job is supposed to be like 
hey, calm it down, calm right, it down right, and you right. know you diffuse the situation. I literally sat back and said a line from Talladega Nights, and I clapped my hands really loud a few times. And I'm not going to do it for audio reasons, but clapped my hands loud a few times and said, "Get you some boys, turn up the heat." <laughs> And that, and they both just lost their shit, just laughing. They're like, aren't you supposed to intervene? I'm like, nah, man. Not on this one. <laughs> Not, on this, Not one. on this one. He's gonna come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> so that that saying has been said at work now all the time. Anytime me and the fellas kind of start to bust each other's balls, and one person starts to cross that line, it's immediately a, get you some boys, turn up the heat. <laughs> so that's the whole scene. I'll scissor kick you in the back of the head. And uh, my, I threw Grandpa Chip's war medals off the bridge today. Those were my World War One medals. Your boys are terrible. Yeah, my friend, uh, he's my co. Talking like winners. He's talking like they are. They get to talk you however they want. And this, the next line that you're about to say, I have a folder on my desktop. My one of my coworkers, big shout out. I consider him a friend. Uh, this guy Clint. Uh-huh. And on the folder, it just says, Clint equals bag of bones. <laughs> and uh, I forget that I sometimes have to do a presentation for all the new employees, and I forget that that folder's there. And so people have asked me, like, what is the bag of bones folder? I'm like, don't worry about that. <laughs> and my, the joke with Clint is every time we get into it, I go, you're just a bag of bones. The only thing you ever did was make a couple hot daughters. That is it. That is it. <laughs> so me and him go back and forth on this movie all the time, just yelling, that is it. <laughs> Hey, man, you want to come over and play G.I. Joe's in a hot tub? Hey, remember how I hate you? Yeah. <laughs> Big shout out to my friend Tom. I used to invite him over to play G.I. Joe's, and he was like 45 years old when I was living in Maryland. We're like, Tom. I like to think of Jesus as like a Leonard Skinner concert, and I'm right up front, right? I'm wearing my tuxedo shirt, and I'm hammered, right? He says, because it says I'm formal, but, but I also like, like to party. <laughs> and I'm hammered drunk. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The fact so, that his kid's name are, are uh, Walker, Walker and Texas, Texas Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> if we wanted a bunch of sissies, we would have named them Dr. Quinn and Medicine <laughs> Woman. That's <laughs> such a good joke. <laughs> I love when the kids are running rampant at Grandma's house, and the big one's running through the yard going, Anarchy! Anarchy! And the little one comes behind, he's like, I don't even know what that means, but I like it! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Jane You're going to break us, ain't you, old woman? Oh, yeah. Like wild stallions. Like wild stallions. Now, shout out to Jane Lynch and also Leslie Bibb, who plays mm-hmm. uh, uh, Will Ferrell's wife in that, who they crudely paste over his photograph <laughs> with John C. Riley's face. He's like, I, I forgot. I've been gone for like an hour. <laughs> when he, when they kick it, when they kick out uh, Will Arnett, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> then they just paste, they just tape John... John C. Riley's face over the wedding picture, like not even under the glass, like didn't take the picture out, literally just taped it over the glass. It's such a good joke. And it's his, it's his like headshot with him with his racing glasses and his hat yeah. on, like <laughs> just crudely cut out. Oh, it's so good. That movie is such a, it's just, it's the shotgun method of jokes. It's just one right after yeah. the other, right after the other, right after the other. If you didn't like the last one, literally wait three seconds. Yeah. They're going to do a new one, or they're going to build on it and make it so ridiculous that you have to laugh at it. It's a very yes and. And uh, yeah. shout out to also to an Amy Adams, six-time Oscar nominee, Amy Adams. I forgot about that. I don't think she's won one yet, but... Uh, no, she won f- for uh, Annihilation, no? Nope. Not in that movie. That was Natalie Portman. No, that was, uh, <laughs> that no. was Natalie Portman. <laughs> that was Natalie Portman. No. Uh, nope. Not Adaptation. Arrival. That's nope. it. Nominated. She never won? Then one. She went full R word. Also went home empty handed. 
Also went home empty-handed, Michael. <laughs> I think you and I saw a different version oh, of Arrival. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Possibly. Um, but no, she's in that movie too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Y'all don't be looking over here. We're going to be making animal noises. Yeah. It's going to be passionate. Wild. <laughs> He's like, you can do it like that one girl in the White Snake video. She starts flipping her <laughs> Just flipping her hair on the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah, daddy like. Yeah, no, that movie's perfectly cast, man. Jane Lynch is his mom, and of course, the incomparable, who I'm I'm more than willing to give the underrated performance of the week to one, Gary Cole, yeah. a.k.a. Lumberg of Office Space. That's right, that's right. As uh, uh, Mr. Bobby, uh, Ricky Bobby's dad. That's right. Well, I... I don't know why I said that. I was probably drunk. Probably drunk. Hell, you can be first. You can be second. Hell, you can be last. (laughs) (laughs) He's so good. I built my whole life around that. Well, that's not my fault. He just, he plays grimy so So well. well. (laughs) He really does. Oh, man. Yeah, Talladega Nights. Great movie. Great movie. I'm going to give it, uh, let's see. I'm going to give it 11 corporate sponsorships. It's probably, yeah, the fact that they take a commercial break during that movie, during a car wreck, mm-hmm. which it was smart on Adam McKay to be like, hey, look, we're going adverti- to give advertisement in this movie. What's the best way to do it? And like, oh, okay, uh, race cars. Right. And he puts a Wonder Bread sticker on the front of his windshield. Like, he just advertises the whole movie, but it fits perfectly. <laughs> right. They do a, a, an Applebee's commercial right in the middle of a car wreck. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to give it the Pepsi 400. Ooh, the Pepsi 400. The entire the entire 400? The entire Pepsi 400. Oh, wow. With a good crash in there, too. I thought you were going to say, if you're not first, you're last. But Yeah, no, no. I'll give it the Pepsi 400. <laughs> it's not quite the Daytona 500. <laughs> I don't know, the Talladega 1200. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they measure them and what cities they do. It could be the Bristol uh, 5K. 1150? Yeah. <laughs> the Bristol fucking Turkey Trot Marathon. I don't know. 500,600 miles. <laughs> More on that in a minute. Uh, yeah, no. What else have you been watching, my guy? Well, after that, I've uh, kind of segued into doing a marathon. I've just finally sat down, and I, I know you and I kind of talked about it a little bit. I just decided I'm going to watch all of the Fast and Furious movies in order. So oh, God. I started on that. Yeah, how's that going to... I'm going to hate you for it, but uh, go ahead. Oh, he took notes, too. Well, go you ahead, know, Michael. Try to not I have, too much. Well, I ahead. have pages of notes, sir. And this just covers the first two movies. Oh, good lord. This All just right. covers Fast 1, The Fast, The Furious, and Fast 2, Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, it is. it does get faster and more furious by the season. And yes, if you are questioning whether or not I kept track of the number of times family is mentioned in the movie... You are correct. You're paying attention. You win a no prize. Oh, nice. How many times does he shift gears in that first race? Like 14? Okay. See, I can't keep track of that because... It makes no goddamn sense? Well, I kind of turned it into a drinking game and... Every time he shifts gears? I got real drunk and... That first sequence is like I started this project a week ago, okay? Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that first opening race is like, click wing, click wing, click wing. You're like, all right, cool. We're up to four now. Wrong. Five to six. And then he somehow goes back into six and then back to five. You're like, what? Uh, I'm going to hate you for this because they're all going to run together like goddamn James Bond movies at a certain point. But we'll go ahead and dive into The Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious. Break it down for me, bro. So the first Fast and the Furious, it was released in 2001. So yes. just bear in mind that that's the sort of like aesthetic and and, and cultural zeitgeist that, that 
this world that this movie exists in. It's that world. It's all limp biscuit and flared Jinko jeans with neon glow in the dark collars and for some reason Kangol hats made a comeback and the more fuzzy, the more popular it was. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, fuzzy Kangol hats. <laughs> they did the uh the Gucci bucket hats back then too. Yeah it, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like for some reason, the length of your wallet chain determined how manly you were. I don't know why, but then you had motherfuckers that were like wearing like bridal veils of fucking chain wallets just trailing behind them. Yeah, it was an <laughs> odd time. It was a Pepperidge Farm time. A simpler Pepperidge time. Farm remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers these times. <laughs> well, break it down for us, man. Analyze. I, I mean. I don't know. So basically, for those of you not in the know, and if you don't know, very brief synopsis. Paul Walker is a FBI hotshot rookie FBI agent uh, who at one point in his life, very early in his juvie career, got busted for boosting cars. Record was expunged, all that good stuff. But he's recruited by the FBI to go undercover and stop a criminal street racing gang that is hijacking trucks for DVD players and Walkmans and all sorts of outdated new material. See, children, back in the day, DVD players. Okay, so DVDs were... Okay, hold on. How do I start with this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a Walkman was when you listened on a CD, and a CD was like a record, but like smaller and it way less reliable because it skipped all the goddamn and it time. And lasers involved. Lasers. Uh, yes. But no, they were boosting goods, uh, high high end electronics at the time. Right, basically uh, sharking these delivery trucks, and then they would use grappling hooks to pull down the windshield, climb into the cab, disc, you know, uh, not decapitate, uh, in, <laughs> in, incapacitate the, the driver, and then steal all the stuff. Uh, so Paul Walker, Brian O'Connor is recruited. Uh, he falls in love with uh, the antagonist's sister. And I would dare say a little bit with Dom himself. There's a little bit I don't of think that's uh, that much of a homo dare. tendencies happening here. I'm just saying there's some underlying themes. Find but. someone to look at you the way that Paul Walker and Vin Diesel look at each other. Mm-hmm. You'll be set for life. There's some real love right there. It really is. I, yeah, it's just it's just pages of me just taking notes. As That's it why happens. this is gonna be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. That's why I don't. You're like, yeah, let's do okay. all the Fast so and Furious. So it's, it's, it's be shot a shit like show. a 2001 music video. There are so many that sweeps and intense close-ups and shaky cams and Dutch angles that then write themselves and like blurry street vision that then they rack focus into like the one thing that they want you to see and you're like, it, it's it's like Spike Jones with a shooting a Rob Zombie video and then also like I don't know fucking NSYNC steps in there and makes it look all real cool and slick and then you got Jodeci in the back with like stepping out on 24 inch rims with big ass girls just shaking their ass on the windshield like I don't know it's fucked up like yeah. it, it, it is it's just it's every music video you've ever seen in your life in the 1990s 2000s compiled into one it is like the great movie Belly in street racing form, which is a fucking great movie. I'd love to watch Belly with you sometime, Michael. I know you haven't seen it, so don't lie. No, that was one with the. Uh, is that Nas or DMX is in that? Both of them. Okay, good. See. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, but no. I, yeah, keep going though. These notes are going to be. Uh, they're all. By the time you get to like seven, you're going to be like, oh, it's all the same. <laughs> I, I wrote down the same thing. Okay. 
So when Brian infiltrates the gang, he first ingratiates himself to Mia, Dom's uh, uh, sister, played by uh, Jordana. I was going to say Punky Brewster, but that's not right. <laughs> Jordana Brewster. Although now in my head, it's just going to be Punky Brewster. Oh, Punky. Oh, Punky. Your dog's name is Brandon. <laughs> Uh, so sister to Dominic Toretto, who was played by the incomparable Vin Diesel, a.k.a. I Am Groot, a.k.a. Uh, That's about what, it. What was his name from Pitch Black? Riddick. Riddick. Oh, hey, Riddick's yeah. my shit. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the th- three things he's known for. But, I mean, the man's built a hey, million well. dollar career on, like, the simplest of franchises. So good for you, Vin good Diesel. For you, man. Where was I going? Uh, Jordana Brewster. Jordana Brewster. Yes. Okay. So, immediately, Jordana Brewster and, and Vin Diesel trust uh, Brian's character. Like, he just comes in and he's like, I've, you know, like, I'm a good guy and you trust me. And she's like, oh, you're so handsome, I believe it. And Dom, at first, is kind of like, I don't know, this guy ain't exactly, I don't know. And then, like, he, and then Brian just lays him, like, with the baby blue eyes and he's like, nah, but trust me. And then Vin Diesel's like, yeah, I trust him. He's I good. trust him. And the whole rest of the team is like, you're an idiot. We don't know this dude. What are you doing? And Dom's like, there's something in his eyes. I don't know. I'm, it's I'm, love. <laughs> it's- I mean, like, like, admittedly, Brian does do one simple thing. Like, he, he picks up Vin Diesel right before he's going to get uh, picked up by the cops and just goes, like, get in the car and they haul ass and there's a very brief, like, you know, car chase. And he was the only one that came back for him of his crew. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they have the line, like, one of the, one of the, Gang members is like, why'd you invite the Buster? And he turns around, and he's like, cause the Buster kept me out of handcuffs. Pretty much, pretty good impression, tonally. But still, like... Michael rolled up his sleeves for that too. By <laughs> I, I gotta did. do it. It's... I need a Corona. Where hey, is it? Look. No, go ahead though. Go ahead though. But like, so like, I, I admit, okay, like, yeah, Brian is a cool cat. He helped you out, but like, you're running a multi-million-dollar, high-intensity thieve corporation. You don't just let him in on the first one and be like, but he's a solid dude. Like, you got to have some certain boundaries and, like, expectations of, like, maybe they're a cop. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That goes out the window because the plot needs it to, though. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Oh, how do they set up Brian's cover? Like, they just give him a completely fake name and apparently they look him up. Okay, so Dom... Immediately checks out Brian and is like, I think he's a cop. He has one of the one of the uh, team members look up uh, look up Brian's record. But they gave him a fake name and they find an article from like years back that has this fake name. And I'm like, well, wait, how did you, like did you go corrupt police records from like 1990 to like or like? Did you hack some newspaper to, like, give him a fake story? Like, how did you do that? That's not how that works. No, it's not. That's, anyways. No, uh, no. It it gets, the further these movies go along, the the worse the plot and reasonings for things get. Oh, I want to point out, also, so... Dom has a girlfriend named Letty, who's played by Michelle Rodriguez. Shout out to Michelle Rodriguez. She's typecast a lot. But it's like, you don't go get a Michelle Rodriguez type. You just fucking go get Michelle Rodriguez. Well, and she's typecast as a badass chick yeah. that takes no I'm not, shit. I'm not taking so a like, shot at her. I'm just saying, yeah. like, she gets typecast There's a lot. worse things to be typecast Yeah, she's as. a fucking gangster. I like yeah. Michelle Rodriguez. But yeah. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Uh, anyway, so the whole movie, like, 
she's always on Dom's ass about like anytime there's a party and he kind of looks around, she's like pulling him close or like making sure that she's like right on his arm. And you know, he, he like they kind of a back and forth about like, oh, I don't want to catch you looking at no women or like, oh, you know, I'm just here for you, baby. And like, but then during the movie, like every time she's not with him, he's like leaned in talking to some chick or like grabbing some girl's ass or something like that. I'm like, well, no wonder your girlfriend's on your ass. You're an asshole. Like you, you give her no cause to believe that you're not going to cheat on her the first fucking second you get. Michael, it's all a cover because he's, and I don't mean to be mean when I say this. There's nothing to be mean about. It just is what it is. But it's because him and Brian are gay for each other. <laughs> and for the next six movies, they're going to explore this relationship in a way that... But they can never actually touch They can touch never penises. actually touch, Michael. The magic. It's complicated. It's very complicated. But yes. Yes. So you're saying this movie is more gay than Brokeback Mountain or Cruisin' or... Uh, it's... Dog Day Afternoon. It's... You know how Blades of Glory... The movie with speaking of Will Ferrell and right. John Heater of uh, or Header, however you say his name, with right, Napoleon right. Dynamite fan. Yeah. It's just one 90 minute gay joke with no penetration. You see, Michael, they stretched it longer than 90 minutes. <laughs> there's an overarching theme here. Again, it's just an is what it is thing. And there's a whole like subreddit and all kinds of stuff you can dive into about how their relationship is beautiful and loving and trusting. I mean, and it's one of... of the greatest romantic tales ever. <laughs> but you got to be able to see it with the right lens. But keep going. Uh, I got a couple of thoughts on the first Fast and Furious and the second. But. Feel free to interject. No, 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 no. Keep going on your notes first. Uh, so, okay. So, eventually, they convince Brian to go to their big race thing called Race Wars. Yeah. I want to point out that their big race contest in the desert is called Race Wars. <laughs> and they got the white crew... And they got the Mexican crew, and they got the Japanese crew, and the Korean crew, and they call it Race Wars. Oh, they do, don't they? Yes. I see what you're getting at. Now. Yes. That's fucking hilarious. No, that's not hilarious, Marcus. That's horrible. It's too on the nose is what's like, so funny. Did no one <laughs> did no one take a look at this? I didn't notice that at all. Did none of the did none of the oh, like shit. cinematographer take a look and be like, hey, um, do we want to diversify <laughs> this at all? Or like maybe intermingle just a little bit? Like, oh shit. I've never noticed that in that movie. That's fucking funny. Bro, I I had to pause and take a break and be like, they did not just call Race Wars in the Desert, and then they have the black crew, the Mexican crew, the Japanese, like, there's no, no. What's next? The Irish crew, the, like, Eskimo crew. The, Probably. Yeah. They roll up in narwhals and shit. I don't hey. know. You, now you just, there was the line <laughs> and you just crossed it. When you take the stereotype and put a stereotype thing to it. The Kenyan runners don't even have cars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good joke, actually. Oh, that one doesn't cross the no, line. No, it still does. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Anyways, though. No, I never noticed that before. I never... I just saw it as like, oh, automobile racing. But Anyway, where were we? Automobile racing. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh... Also, I have no idea how long this movie takes place. If you told me it took place in... A weekend? A weekend, I'd believe it. Or if you told me it took place over a year, I'd believe it. Because there is no time referential at all. Like, things happen at night, and then they fade into day. And then the things that happen could happen a week later, or two days later, or 15 minutes later. I have no idea. Don't worry about time frame in this movie. Just worry about, like... We got to go from here to get here to get this thing to go meet that guy to do this thing so that I can find out who's robbing trucks. 
Kind of. It's a lot less steps than that, but yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so here's a question. All right, I have a question for you, sir. How many times do you think Vin Diesel says the word family in this movie? Well, that's right. I'm initiating Family Watch. Family, family Watch. Um, it's all about family. Yeah, I don't. I I read somewhere a while ago. I don't think he says it. Doesn't Letty say it? Michelle Rodriguez's character. Oh, you're so close. Yeah, I, but he I, doesn't say it at all. Oh, he okay. So I, at okay. all, the only person who says the word family is the basically the antagonist Johnny Tran. So at some point, Brian uh, makes the call that it's the the Japanese crew that's that's doing the heist and stuff. So the FBI go and raid their warehouse and. Start right. arresting people, and they arrest Johnny Tran at his house oh, while he's having dinner. Oh, in front of so his So the family. very next day, which, by the way, how you get arrested on gun charges, and then you're out the next day going to race wars, I have no idea. But Johnny Tran calls out uh, Dom Toretto and says, somebody narked on me. I think it was you. You embarrassed me in front of my family. And then, of course, they get into a fight, and Dom's like, I never narked on nobody. You do a pretty good Vin- angry Vin Diesel. That one didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good though. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. I wasn't too far. I thought it was Letty though for some reason. Michelle nope, Rodriguez. No, nope, nope. Which they even have a whole scene where when uh, Brian is sort of ingratiating himself to to the to the family, as it were. He's talking to Mia, Dom's sister, and he's like, "So what's up with your your brother and his gang?" And she kind of laughs and and she's like, "Oh, a gang? They're they're not a gang." And he goes, "Oh, well, what would you call them?" And she goes, well, they're kind of like a dot, 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 a team. Oh, man. And I was like, you sons of bitches. It was the perfect opportunity. The overall theme of these franchises have not set in yet. It's team. It's team. (laughs) (laughs) It does not have the same (laughs) team. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So, Cherish friendship. (laughs) I live my life a quarter mile at a time. With friends. <laughs> with strong acquaintances. <coughs> They're more friends with benefits, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Casual business partners. <laughs> it doesn't have the same business ring. Business associates. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have the We're same Facebook ring. friends. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, as classmates. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, that's dead. We're done. Anyway, it's so yeah, it's it's I don't know, it, like it's basic it's a basic cops and robbers story just with the elements of like high-speed chases and really tricked out cars. It, Which it, works. it, it really is it, it's it's car porn for like for, for a cop movie. So it, it it's a great combo and it works. The, I mean, at some point I have written in big bold letters down in my notes why is this franchise so popular? Because at this point, like, maybe it's just a car show and I'm just not a car guy, so maybe I don't get it. But, like, there's nothing in the plot, there's nothing in the storyline, there's nothing in the characters where I'm like, oh, this is going to be fantastic, right? It is a little bit color by numbers, but I think it just appealed to that. And just my pure speculation, like, at the time it was something different. You know, we didn't have our, like, I think this movie's about like Easy Rider or fucking Days of Thunder or anything sure, like that. You sure. know what I mean? Like I don't even know if Easy Rider's a fucking racing movie. I have no fucking. It's not idea. a race. It's about a motorcycle gang, right? Isn't it? It's two cool. guys riding cross country. Right, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. but we didn't have that. Let's see again. That's how little I know about it. And so I think what it was in the first one is a little bit color by numbers in terms of like 
it's a little bit formulaic, but again, just like how Drumline is rocky with the drums, sure, and sure. so it, like a lot of movies kind of follow that thing. Right, right. It's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You just fill in what is the what is right. our thing that we're gonna do. Right. Okay, this one it's racing. Right. The first one is actually like there are funny bits to it. Like there's obviously a little bit of wisecracking, but it's far more of a cops and robbers dramatic movie. Yeah, with with yeah. Act, with with great action in between. Um, and I gotta admit, like the, the first time you see the truck heist, when uh, when Brian tells him, like, oh shit, after he realizes that Johnny Tran wasn't the guy and it's actually right. Dominic Toretto, right? And they all set out, and he warns his sister, like, look, I'm a cop. They've warned all the all the truck drivers, and they're gonna start shooting, arming back. themselves, they're arming right, themselves, right, right, right. and they're working in numbers now. Like, you don't want to do this. And she's pissed off at him. She's like, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna go off and save the day now. When he interjects in that high scene, when they start like driving underneath the truck and oh, shit yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. it's fucking yeah, pretty yeah. cool, man. I mean, the yeah. pod racing scene was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but no, yeah, that, that, and and that was one of the things I put in the in. I actually made a list of when I asked why is this movie so popular. I made a list of the pros and cons, and one of the things I have written down is like great car stunts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a like. It, again, it's car porn, and if, if that's your thing, you know, looking at a bunch of, you know, souped up, you know, supercars, then great. But also, there's some really, really good stunts. I mean, you got, you know, cars zipping underneath, moving, you know, tractor trailers and right. stuff like that. You got dudes that are shooting grappling guns into the window, pulling it down, and then, you know, zip lining themselves into the cab, you right. know. Um, you, you've got people hanging off the sides, getting shot at. You've got people hanging out the windows, shooting guns. There's, you know, people doing zero point turns where they just turn a circle and, you know, cut the cops off, you know, yeah, car yeah. crashes, all that good stuff. It's a so pretty cool I get it. I, I, I do. And they I, took I, their time on the choreography for sure. And they don't, the scenes that it's really important, they don't do quick cuts. There's a fucking lot of quick cuts yeah, and a lot yeah, of things, are. but there's a couple shots where you're like, oh, they really did that there shit. There are so many shots of people shifting gears yeah. in this movie. I mean, an inordinate amount. And I challenge you, take a shot every time that they show someone shifting gears, you will die. It's like the F word in Scarface. You're not going to make die. it. Yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. going to make it. Yeah. Or the, the bullet counting in like Rambo, like Rambo 2 or something right, like right. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, I, I get the appeal of the first one. I had, one you hadn't really seen anything like it, and I get it. It's not like, or at least nothing like that in a while. Yeah, in a while, it kind of made its own lane of like, hey, we're gonna do right. the trick. We, we car needed, thing. we needed the 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 car stunts movie. You know, right. like you had your Mad Maxes, you had your you know, uh, Cannonball Runs, you had your right. Easy Riders. You know, wh- right, right, right. It, and so I, it, it carved out a niche or niche, however you want to say mm-hmm. it, for all the. Honda Accord drivers, and that was a big thing. Everyone was souping up all these imports and stuff like that. Right. Like the Honda Skyline was coming out, and everyone was jazzed. So it found a market, and it did its thing. It shot it comparably enough, and the story, again, while kind of color by numbers, it got you there. It was sure. like, oh, cool. Yeah. You gave me a vehicle to see cool cars do cool shit. Hey, I'm with yeah, it. see what you did there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Same thing with like Drumline. All right, you gave me a story good enough where I could see some HBCU showdown with the the greatest drumlines in the world. Mm-hmm. Shout out to FAMU who filled in for a lot of those drummers. But yeah, like you you gave me the thing that I came. It the cost of the ticket, you gave me what I wanted. So exactly. I exactly. And the first one again was not as over the top. It was it is over the top in some ways, but it's oh it was completely over the top. No, I mean, it, no, comparatively, oh no, this one is fucking down oh, to earth. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> this no, is going to be great. Uh, yeah, by the <laughs> nine. Yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll cross those bridges as we get there. But like in retrospect, yes, this is over the top, but it was still grounded in some form of reality. 
Sure, sure. You know what I mean? This this does seem to be the most stripped down, like, basic version of the story. And of course it's the first one, but I I think that you're right. Because even by the second one, they kind of start jumping into... Up the humor, up the the antics. More of more of more of more. Yeah, more hot girls, more expensive cars. That was one of the other things I wrote down. What the popular, you know, the, the, the pros on this, they have great car stunts, hot girls, cute dudes... Car show porn, gay undertones, question mark? Ain't no question you mark, know. baby. We're there. Uh, and I'm and then, for it, by the way. And then just, just to balance it out, some of the some of the negatives, it has a horrible soundtrack. It is very, very much rooted in the like late 90s, early 2000s music. Take that for what it's worth, if you don't mind hearing the thong song over the closing credits. It was the thong song over there? It was not. It was another Cisco song, but it's very similar to the thong song. Okay. Okay. Uh, Horrible script. I mean, just... They broadcast a lot. And some of the lines that people say are just so cliche and so like, oh man, you couldn't have put just a little bit more effort into that and not had it said the same way that I've heard a hundred thousand times on like Skinamax, you know? Right, right. Uh, let's see. It's like, hey, babe. Hey, baby. And you're like, right. ugh. Right, right, I right, mean, right. Yes, that is how people talk, but it's just like, But yeah. But when people do, when when people in real life do that, they're doing it ironically. Right. They're they're trying to quote a movie. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like, hey, hot uh, stuff. Hey, baby. And you're like, oh, ugh. Uh, it looks cheap compared to now. I mean, like I said, it, it, it has all the budget Not of the like time. a sick. But compared to now. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was, I don't know, maybe a... I'd be surprised if this thing cost them over $100 million. I, I don't know. I, I didn't do the numbers, and I refuse to. That'll be an interesting trivia question coming up. Uh, he never says family. Just want to point <laughs> Not, that out. This is just the first movie. Just right? first movie. Uh, where are they getting all these empty streets in L.A.? I don't know where these places are, but every single race that they, are, that they ever engage in, like all they do is just paint a red line that says, do not cross, and like Los Angelinos are, are like... Yeah, that makes sense to me. I'll totally respect that. No fucking way. Don't they just no. like circle off a quarter mile with like vehicles and pedestrians? Yeah, and then they're and then they keep telling people like scram, you know, find another route, and no cop show. Up. Well, it is L.A. Never mind. That makes right. sense. <laughs> Never mind. I might. All right, I'm gonna go and cross yeah, that one off right off. there. Never right, mind. Right. Right. Never mind. Uh, let's see. No nudity. Yeah. PG thirteen. You get one side boob. Mike, <laughs> is this in the cons column? Yeah, because okay. I mean, make sure. I mean, you tell me one situation where boobs don't make it better. Hard to think of. Mostly public places with children, but other than that, who knows? Funerals. Yeah, but even, even then, then. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but anyways, uh, oh, and you do get one wet T-shirt, so you know. Hey, see. All right, there but, you go. Uh, uh, oh, and then big con: Brian murders someone at the end. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. He lo- literally puts a J- Japanese guy in a motorcycle into a wall and is like, then runs off to chase after Dom and tells some upstanding citizen, hey, you call 911. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, because I'm stuck in traffic. So the last thing I, so the first thing I want to do is like spend the rest of my day being like, well, officer, he was white, blonde, blue eyed, pretty. So I'm sure you're going to get real on this right, right now. <laughs> poor Japanese guy's like I'll never walk again <laughs> oh no he's dead because he, he 
He goes up and somehow checks his pulse underneath a helmet. I don't know how you do that, but <laughs> he's like he's leaking blood all the way out. <laughs> he's like, just a splattered against the wall. He's like, I think he's dead. You think? Yeah. So and then he lets Dom go for some reason. Like I have no spoiler alert. Sorry on a twenty-two-year-old movie at this point. The moral of the first one is like ultimately American Muscle beats Japanese cars mm-hmm. in a quarter mile race. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Because as long as you got a straight line, I'm not gonna lie though. When he fucking jumps in that car, I think it's a Charger, I believe, right? Or a uh, Challenger? I can't remember. I think it's an SS. Sure. I can't remember it. I, I know somebody screaming, oh, this is my dream car. But when he fucking takes off... Also, the, shut up, nerd. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but when he takes off and pops that wheelie with all that raw American ah, power, yeah, yeah, that yeah. shit was gangster. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he launches it over the railroad tracks and like he like beats the train and like yeah. he smashes down. There's just sparks everywhere. Brian catch up, catches up with them. They have the like nod of respect. And then all of a sudden, Brian's eyes go wide and he looks right in a fucking... <laughs> Kia Sportage smashes into him and the car just flips and I'm like no that Kia Sportage would have exploded it would have gone up in a big ball of fire and Dom would have been like that's why we have family that's right right, right. <laughs> yeah no that scene was pretty cool though I did like that um, so what do you rate it or do you want to go into the second one too oh I'm going to go into the second one because again I have uh Notes for that. More right. notes. All right, well, let's pick up the pace on it then. What's, all, right, uh, all right, Do you want to review the first one or do you just do them both at the end? Uh, well, I'm going to give the first one no family. No family. No family. You, did not, I, you are I, not very favorable I will to give this. it. I will give it one positive race war. <laughs> even, even in fiction, like, this race war turned violent very quickly. Um, I will give it 6,000... Torques of a wrench. That's a lot of torques. It's a lot, yeah. I mean, you don't know what the scale is, once again. It could sure. be of a million. That's true. That's true. How many, what does he say? You owe me a 60-second car? A 10-second car. A 10-second car? Right. He's like, this is a 10-hour uh, 10 car. Right. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a, yeah. That's a fair, yeah. Given that reference, yeah, 6,000 torques okay. of a wrench. I'll give it an 11-second car. All right, there you go. It's an 11-second car. All right. That, that scales it down. Anyways, so too fast, too furious. My first question to you is: Do they actually double the amount of fast and the amount of furious in the second movie, Michael? Oh, they do. Okay, they double down on both the fastness and the furiousness. Because this is the point that I wanted to talk about: is the one I understand, and then like two, this is where it starts to become campy. One is is relatively serious. Yes, it's over the top. Yes, but then like two is like, oh, we're just gonna throw. Like I said earlier. More hot people, sexier cars, sexier this. Spend more on the soundtrack, more LED lights. Yep, yep, like, yep. yeah, so. it is. It is the quintessential like more like more lo- sequel movie in terms of like you know more budget, more more this, more that. Sexier more, like, location. We're going course, to Miami. Of course, going, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's still a cop in this one too, right? He is not. He is yeah, not. He's, a cop. he's not a cop. Very quickly in this franchise, that yeah, I do know. Yeah. Uh, so opens up with him. He's been on the run. Goes to Miami, and of course the FBI catches up with him because, duh, he's doing illegal street racing still to make money. And it's like there's only so many fucking places. Like you're gonna wind up on a list. Yeah, it's you like, killed a dude. Like, <laughs> right? Hey, which by the way is never addressed again. Too fast, too furious. So the movie opens and. Ludacris is setting up a race between, and I can't remember their names, so this might come across as a little bit 
off-putting, but I just called them whatever I thought there was. So every car is color-coded. So you have orange, Sanchez. You have pink, Suki, the Japanese chick. That's Steve Aoki's sister, the DJ, I believe. Yeah, Devin Aoki. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, who was also in Sucker Punch in Sin and Sin City. Yeah. yeah, and maybe something else. Something I'm sure there's anyway, something else. But uh, and then you have Green, uh, Chris Brown. Uh, I don't know it's Chris Brown, but it looks like Chris Brown. So <laughs> I don't think Chris Brown was out at this time. Yeah, but it looks like Chris Brown. Okay, okay. Uh, and then you know, blue for Brown. Like all the colors are so saturated. Anyway. Ludacris is setting up a race, and they need a fourth, and so they call up Brian, who's like, hey, man, I know you're living in Miami now. Do you want to come make some money, this, that, the other? And Brian's like, yeah, I'll come race. Ludacris is like, you got four minutes. And Brian makes it, living in Miami, in a trailer in Miami, to the race. Unless you live down the block from where the race is happening, you're not making that drive in four minutes. That's his raw ability they were trying to showcase, Michael. But also... Not physically fucking possible. Right. I right. don't know if you've ever driven down the A1. <laughs> you ain't making shit in four minutes. No, trust me. I lived in South Florida. Uh, yeah. It sucks. Yeah. You're, the race could be happening next door. In which case he wouldn't have to call you because you'd fucking hear about it. But also, you're still not making that drive in four minutes. It's still not happening. <laughs> Because it's all one-way streets that lead to nowhere, and they're half closed down all the time, so you got to divert and go six miles out of your way just to get to your neighbor's house. Not happening to Miami. I don't. I got our sponsor I'll, later. Don't worry. Already, this movie is full of lies, and there's no truth in this art. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're. That's what we watch. <laughs> truth in the art. Yeah, so they call Brian. He does pull up in that badass skyline, though. Remember, I told you it was coming. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The skyline oh, yeah. was an import. Yeah. That motherfucker was bad. So, and then they start the race and, you know, they, they have the shots of like interior car, exterior car, interior car, they exterior car. Do that again. And it's, it's all either CGI or very clearly just like the person sitting in a modded out uh, car and they're just flashing the background. Like, like, you know, the old school trick of like, they're driving the car and they just, they, they project the, 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 the background on, on yeah, a screen a behind them. Trick. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's cl- very clearly just that, but with CGI. Yeah. And so, like... Watching people fake drive in any movie where they just kind of rattle their hands back and forth. Yeah, like, they, they, no, they... No one they, drives they, in a straight line thing. Right, right. No one drives in a straight line Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they got a shake weight in either hand or yeah, something like that. No yeah. one drives like that in a yeah, straight line. Yeah, yeah, But anyways. But anyway, so... And there's so many camera cuts... So many camera cuts. It's so confusing. Again, there's no spatial realization. Like, I don't know what street they're on. They're turning left, but they're shooting right. And then on on the next shot, they're turning right, but shooting left. And so it's like, wait, are these guys... How does this... What is the situational presentation that you're trying to give me right now? Who is in first place and why is it not on a marker in the top right of the screen? Like the video games. Right, like Mario Kart. Right. right. First off, who's on third? Oh, who? No, right. Oh, okay. We're not going to do the classic bit, but I'm with you. Because <laughs> we'll just butcher it. Third base. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so, so many camera cuts. And again, they just put it, they set up this race by just putting up road signs that say road closed. And 
nobody in Miami is like, man, fuck that. Yeah, I'm going through. I, I, I've been in Miami, dude. Like, I, no, you have people doing weird shit. No, that's that's not happening. All the colors are saturated. All the every blue is so blue, and every red is so red. And, and they all have neon lights underneath. So many le- neon lights. And then at the last leg of the race. Ludacris is like, gets on the radio and he's like, haha, I got something for you guys you ain't never expected. And he literally has people break in and raise one of the bridges. Yeah, one of the drawbridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they have to ramp off, and but no cops are like, oh, that's fucked up. Like, there's nobody manning that bridge. Like, what, how, no, no, no. It's all just for stunt work, it's all just cool car shit. But none of this makes sense. You know what? You gave me a reason to have the cars jump in the air. Cool. I'm with it. Which plays off later. Yeah. When they meet a boat ramp car. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. No, I do remember that. And that's when the uh, Steve Aoki sister, Devin Aoki, crashes mm-hmm. her pink car coming off the ramp, right? Well, him... Uh, yes, yeah, she crashes hers and fucks her car up. Brian is chasing... Uh, the orange car, I think. Sanchez, whatever yeah, yeah, his name yeah. is, yeah, whatever. Uh, and he, uh, the orange car hits his nitro too early, makes it halfway up the ramp. Brian hits it just at the apex of the ramp and jumps over the other car. Which is, remember, hitting the nitro too early was a lesson he learned in the first one. That's right. Because he's like, I almost got you. He's like, did you say almost? Almost got me. It doesn't matter if it's by a minute or a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah, it was a lesson. matters is wins and... Can't say family, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was a lesson he learned from the first one. But I do right. remember that scene. He, he launches over, yeah, for the victory. Yeah, yeah. and ludicrous and lands on. perfectly. No damage to his car. Just I'm sure that was in. a contractual thing from Honda. They're like, you are not going to show the skyline destroyed. Like that. <laughs> so. uh, this is coming out next year, and we really want it to sell. Right, right. To a particular crowd. Yeah. And it Dumb did. teenagers with expendable money. I know, right? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, I do remember that opening scene. It was very saturated. It was like a bag of Skittles being rolled off a table. Which one hits the ground first? <laughs> That's a great reference, I actually. You, I gotcha. <laughs> like Marble Run. Just yeah, pretty like, much. <laughs> yeah. All the empty roads in downtown Miami, I'm like, no. That's no. a theme throughout. Of just, It doesn't make sense yeah. in terms of traffic patterns. Uh, let's see. What did I mention? Uh... Okay, so plot. Brian is once again recruited to drive. He's recruited by Customs to infiltrate a drug lord's operation and help them put him away because they can never. They they know that he has money. They know that he has drugs, but they never have him together with the money and the drugs at the same time. And so they're trying to bring him down by that way. So they want him to be a driver to deliver drugs and money to the drug lord. Right. And they give him a partner. And the partner immediately fails a test. And Brian is like, I can't work with this guy. I got to... Tyrese? I, no, no, no. They, 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 they assign a, oh, an, that's right, that's an, right, an that's a, right. a, a FBI agent to right, work right. with him. And he fail, the dude's drinking out of a, a, a cup that says D'Amico's pizza or whatever and he's like Brian gives him the test like okay so if I wanted to increase the ratio of my burn whatever whatever car terms like could I use a D'Amico 12 or 14 header 
And the dude goes, I don't know, I'd use a 14. And he goes, oh, I didn't know that headers were came in pizza sizes and smacks the dude's cup out of his hand. Right, right. So this dude, I can't work with him, whatever. I got to bring my own, bring in my own dude. Then they bring in Tyrese, who was Brian's friend from school. Yeah. They By the this whole franchise will just retroactively bring in connections. Ugh, I can't... Like, people have brothers... I'm not going to say whom and, and how, but people have brothers that are just never mentioned until they become a part of the plot line and all sorts of shit. I am sweating trying to explain this plot line to you I guys. I know you are. I want you to, like... I keep rolling up my sleeves, but also the spirit of Vin Diesel is entering me, but I'm just... I'm overworked trying to explain to you... None of this makes sense, so I'm trying to burn through it yeah, <laughs> as yeah, quickly yeah. No, as I can. Yeah, they do bring Tyrese in. So they bring in Tyrese because... Because John Singleton. Because John Singleton and... Which, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Uh, but, so he grew up with Brian. Brian became a cop. Tyrese got busted with a warehouse full of stolen merchandise. Not that Brian was involved, but because Brian was a cop, Tyrese was like, you're a cop, so I hate you. And I'm like, that makes no sense. That's like... I cheat on my girlfriend one time and then your girlfriend cheats on you and now you hate me because you're we're both cheaters like I don't understand like I mean it's the thinnest of premises to be like we're not friends anymore like because, it's because of the race wars from the first movie because <laughs> Paul Walker is a white man and Tyrese is a very handsome black man that's right and they never settled it at race wars Michael yeah yeah so that's right. That, that's that might be that's it. what it was. So what you're saying, Marcus, is we need to settle the race wars. That's once not and for what all. I'm saying whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just saying these particular people with automobile racing did not settle their differences. Is all I'm saying. Automobile racing could have solved their problems years ago. But go ahead. <laughs> so bring- automobile race wars. I should say. Automobile race wars. <laughs> uh, so they bring in Tyrese to be the second driver to help him out. They infiltrate. Uh, the the drug lord Eva Mendez is the drug lord's girlfriend, but she's also an undercover DEA agent. Uh, so there's a lot of mistrust between can we really trust her? Is she really working with them? Paul Walker, of course, falls in love with her, and they have a real cute will they won't they? They never do. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, and so it, it just turns into a series of tests in terms of excuses to find racing, like. The drug lord initially gathers all of these potential employees and he's like, you have to go to my boat. Not not his boat. Uh, you have to go to this, my Ferrari at this impound lot. It's in Little Haiti, whatever. The car isn't important, but I want the package. So, of course, they have to have an excuse to go race each other and zip down the A1 and through bridges and swamps and whatever. Turns out that all... All that was in the car was a Cuban cigar that was really expensive, and the Cuban cigar somehow cost more than the car. I don't know. Like, that's ridiculous money to me. God, I'm sweating. I know. (laughs) You asked to do this. Let the record state. The record will state everything. So, yeah. So, it just turns into this big whodunit of, like... They have to do a tag team race at one point, too, him and Tyrese, where it's like, you jump in your car and you drive the first quarter mile, right. and then you have to turn around and come back when you hit me, I get to go and finish right. the last right. leg of the race. Right, right. And they're, of course, they're in these, like, Mitsubishis, you know, whatever. So, like, 
the FBI gives them car or not the FBI the the customs right. U.S. Customs gives them car, gives them cars and you know they're all these super tricked out like top of the line whatever they take it to uh, what's the guy's name uh, Tej Taj yeah Tej uh, yeah, yeah. played by Ludacris yeah yeah Luda uh, Luda <laughs> right so they take it to Ludacris garage they have his mechanic look at it and the dude's like oh well. These cars are equipped with a GPS, so they can track you by satellite anywhere in the world. And of course, it's worked into every single electronics. And these dudes are surprised, like, what? They put a GPS? I'm like, yes, it's a car given to you by the U.S. Customs Agency. Of course, there's a fucking GPS in the middle. So of they it. have to go get new cars. So they got to go get new. So that's cars. why they race for pink slips in the in the tag team race, right? Right. 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 Against the the two Italian mafioso dudes who showed up at the initial race with American muscle cars. One of them's driving a Charger, the other one's got like a Challenger yeah, or a it was. Thunderbird, Falcon Cougar Thunderbird. Right, right. With so much eagle in it. That's right. So many eagle beaks. Eagle beaks. <laughs> uh both of Paul Walker and Tyrese are integrated into the, the drug lord. Uh, the drug lord. Uh, they make the run. They find out via uh, Eva Mendez character, who is undercover, that they're going to get betrayed and shot because, of course, duh, drug lord. Uh, and they th- the entire time, they think that they're going to go to an airfield, and at the last minute, the they're informed that, like, oh, no, you're going to have to go to this this like dock or whatever and they're like oh well there's no there's no airplane there and they're like oh who said anything about an airplane they go to a boat even mendez is outed as as a dea agent paul walker's outed tyrese is outed mayhem ensues they take even mendez on the boat paul walker jumps a american muscle car onto the boat to save him eva mendez it's insanity also, shout out to James Remar, who plays a character in this, because he's amazing. Just wanted to get that out there. What else has James Remar done? Uh, James Remar, he was uh, he was in The Warriors. He was in uh, Dexter. I think he played the dad. Uh, let's see, what else was he in? He was Christopher Lambert's replacement in uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That's right, he played okay. Raiden. I got That's you, right. you gotta yeah. take it to my level. I yeah, got you. yeah, yeah, I got exactly. You. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he plays an FBI agent that, you know, you're a damn fine God, hot yep. cop, but I can't trust God you, and I can't him, trust your friend. Like, he plays that guy. God bless him, Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, God, what else can I say about this? It's there's, there's, a, there's a point where the U.S. Customs and the FBI are tracing these cars via helicopters, via GPS, via all this, and they literally, they pull a GTA... Where they pull into a garage, Switch spray paint the cars, spray paint them, and then all of their like racing buddies come out and just scramble and confuse all the cop cars. And the cop cars do this like Keystone Cop thing where they're like crashing into each other and like spinning in oh, circles, Lord. like man, 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 like, and like they all just scramble. And so then, uh, you know. Paul Walker and Tyrese hop into new cars and, and take off and nobody's the wiser. It's this really weird, like, all of those people would be arrested. And the, the way that they keep trying to stop all these cars is that they have helicopters swoop in with EMP dart guns. Oh, yeah, yeah. To, like, tranquilize the cars. Basically, yeah. yeah. Like, they're, they're these big, like, tripart, 
uh, uh, like tri-prong, uh, what am I thinking? Trident. Right, right. Uh, 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 darts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That have like a battery attached and they're supposed to like electrically shock the car. My question is, you have rubber tires. Wouldn't you're it? shooting a dart. Doesn't matter what the what the battery charge is, as long as it's not grounded, how are you stopping these cars? We with ain't rubber tires. We ain't scientists. Apparently, neither are the people who right. wrote this movie because <laughs> it, that was my immediate thought: was how are you stopping? Like, how is the car grounded? Like, I could understand if it was like attached to a patrol car and it was like a like a cattle prod thing or like. Something like that, but just darts, and they're like, everybody's like, oh no, oh no, my car's dying. And Paul Walker reaches out at some point and pulls one out, and I'm like, oh, so this thing has enough power to stop a GTA 800, whatever it may be, or or a Mitsubishi Evo Lancer with thousands of wattage of electronics going through it, but he can just reach out, wrap a towel around his hand, and grab it. (laughs) I can't take a pizza out of the oven like that. Like, right? <laughs> like, that does not make sense. It does not make sense. Uh, yeah. No, it, all that being said, all the plot and everything, you're starting to pick up on the trend, Michael. And it's, the first one was one thing. Pretty right. straightforward, pretty color by numbers. I understand this. And then two is like, we're going to, even the most silliest frame plot we're just gonna find these framing devices to get ourselves into these situations where right. we have an idea. We need for a race. We need to jump the car. We need yeah. to yeah. just more, 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 more. And it more, doesn't more. fucking matter. And this is the beginning of it not fucking mattering, sir. I can't wait. Oh man, I, I, I won't spoil it, but I'll say this: remember well this version of Ludacris. This version of Ludacris runs a garage. Not an incompetent fellow. Seems to be pretty business savvy and yeah, smart. They, they make the line that like he's the dude to know in Miami because yeah. he's got his fingers in a lot uh, of pockets. Yeah, yeah. Like seems... he's 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 got his you know he's got his hand in everything basically. Yeah, no, it's pretty. But again, pretty sharp yeah, cat yeah. though. He runs a garage. He can hook up some cars. He's willing to call in a favor. Yeah. Of like, hey, I need you to organize take a, a street race. Need you to take a minor felony charge for me. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Do a little pinch for me, yeah. No, but right. sets the organized history. Just remember this version, because when he comes back in, not the same character whatsoever. Nor is Tyrese's character. Well, he kind of is. He's the only one that has some continuity. Which by Brian the way, is no longer a, like it gets off the fucking rails immediately in the soft reboot in four, and then by five you're like, oh, this is a whole fucking the crew. It's it's absurd. It's absurd. Which by and this the is way, the beginning of it, but this one is only as bad as. As what a lot of sequels do. Oh, well, that one was a hit. We'll just do the exact same right, shit. Right. We need more shark. We right, need right. more budget. We need more explosions. Right. We need more sexier locales, right, which we right, talked right. about earlier, but yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, right. What, what's sexier than LA? Well, Miami. Miami, So right. let's go to Miami. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, yeah. This is the beginning. Hotter of it. girls, you know, cuter dude. I mean, Tyrese full on takes his shirt off at one point just to punch a window, and Paul Walker's like, it was unlocked. Yeah, which, I mean, Tyrese, like, objectively is just a fucking great-looking dude. Oh, I'd back up on Yeah, him. like, he objectively, it's kind of like looking at Margot Robbie. You're just like, you're just fucking beautiful. Right, yeah. right. I mean, We're not playing I mean, the same game as you. So. Right, right. Plus, right. he sings and all that shit, too. So, that, yeah. It's, sings. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what would you rate Too Fast, Too Fair? First off, before I do that, rest in peace, John Singleton, for real. Oh, directed by John Singleton. Directed by John Singleton. It was written by some of his guys and one of the guys who who co-wrote the first Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But John Singleton was taken too soon from us, man. He did Boys in the Hood. He's a legend. Uh, Did not 
direct a lot of movies, a handful. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. This one is the most mainstream of his endeavors. So produced, oh, I'm, I'm produced sure Hustle and Flow, produced um, uh, Black Snake Moan, brought us Craig Brewer. Love him to death, but yeah. So rest in peace to John Singleton on this one. So yeah, man, for sure. For but what sure. would you rate Too Fast, Too Furious? Oh man! Remember, Michael, it is double as fast and double as furious as the first film. And I... also, how does Tyree steal the money at the end? Somehow he just ends up with like he lines his. So Brian's has a car so filled with money. Tyrese and he lines has his whole his entire... thing. Tyrese has this whole thing where he's constantly trying to like he's a kleptomaniac. Like the first time they meet the drug lord, he tries to steal his cigar cutter. Right, so right. It's like a solid gold cigar cutter, and like he gets caught. And then he keeps trying to like pocket like I don't know he pockets like a gun or something like that, right. and the cops catch him or something like that. And then at the end, he and Brian are supposed to be making a run with a certain amount of bags in the car. I think it's four bags or whatever. Right. Uh, whatever, whatever. At the very end, uh, Brian turns in his money, and then Tyrese is like, "So we're good, you know? We we did this so you could clear our names, our records are clean, yada yada yada, whatever." And the cops like, yeah, you did your job. I'm I'm pretty happy with that. James Remar is like, I'm pretty right, happy right. with that. You you know, yeah, you, you guys fulfilled your bargain. So Tyrese immediately walks to his car, picks out the bags and goes, sets three more bags down and goes, I guess it was six bags instead of instead of four or whatever. Right. You know? uh, and so as they're walking away, him and Paul Walker having a moment, and Paul Walker's like, hey man, you know I. I think you should come kick it in Miami with me. This, that, the other, you know, like I could use your help. We could set up a garage. And Tyrese is like, set up a garage with what money? Hey, cuz pockets ain't empty. And Tyrese lifts up his shirt and says, and we ain't hungry no more neither. And he's got just, just money strapped in as if the police aren't going to count every single bag in that. So so Paul Walker stole a bag and Tyrese stole a bag. Yeah. As if they're not going to count. We ain't hungry no more neither. Right. As if the, Police aren't going to count the bag and be like, all right, so there's $3 million in this one, $3 million in that one, $3 million in that one, $2.8 million in that one, $3 million in that one, $3 right, million right, in that right, one. Right, like, right. wait a minute. Hold right, on. Right, right. No, I got you. <laughs> hey, whatever, though. Whatever. Like, whatever. So what would you rate Too Fast, Too Furious, Michael? Oh, uh, I'm going to give it one Eva Mendes. That's a really good rating. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a man. very specific moment in time, but it's a very good rating. She's still married to Ryan Gosling, too. Is she really? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll check on that later. I will give it six import cars. Six import cars. Six import okay. cars. Okay. Six import cars. Again, you don't know the scale here, but it's not that great of a rating. <laughs> it's it's a C. Comparative, it's, comparatively to import cars? It's close to a C. <laughs> Uh, well, we are going to take a short break. Uh, we are going to thank our sponsor, Traffic Circles. Traffic Circles? Traffic Circles. What are those? Because... Fast and Furious movies don't happen with them in there.
And we are back from our sponsor, Traffic Circles. Traffic Circles, really popular in uh, Europe. Not so much here. I don't know what to do. Guess I'll just drive over it. <laughs> Pretty much, man. What do you mean I gotta wait for people in the circle? Yeah, people, yeah, fucking whatever. Uh, so, are you are we done fast and furiousing? I I think I've said all I can. I mean, other I mean they the f- final scene, the finale is they launch a car off a ramp onto a boat, and that's that's how they s- stop the bad guy because why not? Yeah. Because car versus boat, car. car. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you want to ask me a particular question? Uh, how big is it? Not very. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. What you been watching? Oh, man. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I thought you never would. Um, man, I've been watching a couple things. I watched a little bit of George Carlin. You are all diseased. I love George Carlin. Yeah. He's... Can I just say that, like, quick side tangent. Yeah, yeah no, you're good. He, he is one of my favorite comedians of all times, like, I love good storyteller comedians, you know, Burt Kreischer, Patton Oswalt, Tom Segura, George Carlin, like Richard Pryor, like people who just can tell a story and interweave jokes into a, into a narrative. One of my favorites. And George Carlin is a master of that. He is. It's not necessarily his stories for me. It's, and this is what I've gotten to with, with Chappelle is even if I, I still do, but even if someone doesn't find Dave Chappelle funny, or let's say that Dave Chappelle drops a special that I'm like, eh, it wasn't funny. I am still so captivated by how his mind works. Mm-hmm. George Carlin is the same way. I'm just so captivated by his take on things. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to make me laugh. I'm just always like, oh. And granted, I don't go to a comedy show to think, but when you can take a step back and view it through somebody else's lens, it kind of makes it yourself laugh in a weird way. You're like, oh, sure. yeah, like... like- the, the way he weaves certain threads together or ties certain objective thoughts together is, is just so interesting and, and so smart. He's really good at weaving, like you said, the objective thoughts and the he was got a, earlier in his career before he kind of er, came back. Early, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he was very counterculture, which was fine, and then it became kind of like, what's up with fingers? Why do we call them fingers? And it just kind of became like, he became a little bit of a character of himself. A, a little bit. And when he came back, it was more like, I'm pissed off, fuck this. So the abstract thought was one thing that he would weave throughout, but then the way he sticks the landing, he does it better than anybody else. Oh yeah, is he slaps you in the face with fucking common sense? Sure, yeah, yeah. He just he, bow. I mean, he, straight he, across the gullet. He always found a way to tie all of the the you know abject uh, uh, non sequitur thoughts you know into one common thread and would put a nice little bow on it at the end of it. Right. You know, like, like he, he was a master of like taking you down these weird little paths and yet somehow the hedge maze all made sense. It's a really good way to put it. So yeah. I, uh, I, I don't remember all the bits from it. I just put it on while I was working and just was like just, taken away. Just look up the meme of old man yelling at clouds. It's probably, probably pretty that George Carlin. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was, yeah, he spoke on religion, which he does a lot and all. It just kind of, it's it's very holier than thou a lot of his shit, but not in a braggadocious or certainly not a religious way. But it's just like you fucking people are idiots. I am too, but sure. Why but, is it not but, this? But I think why I are think, we so stuck in it being this way? Why I, are we so stuck on? He looks at the bigger picture, and I know Bill Burr has something said something like this recently in the terms of like, yo, it doesn't have to be like this. In order for a CEO to make a trill, like okay, you're, you're the CEO of a company. 
So to shave every fucking dollar, you send all the jobs overseas, mm-hmm. and then to save that money, you could just let us, the consumer, get right. it at a lower to, price. To, to, but no, 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 no. Right. Or, right. You're, you're, or you could make it in America, but then you won't get your billion dollar profit. It's just you would only be a hundred thousand air every year, and it's like it doesn't have to be. Like, you don't have to outsource right, right. this like shit you're, to, to you miserable you're, fucking you're shaving people. off. You're shaving off your your own ethics and. You, you, consistently following the bottom line just to accumulate more money that you're probably not going to be able to spend really anyway. Yeah, like, like for what? Like it doesn't for, have to I be mean, like At this point, you're a dragon hoarding gold, you know? Yeah. Like it, yeah, it, I, I think very much George Carlin is, he's very cynical. He's very, I, I think you talked about a little bit. He, he is a little bit holier than thou, but I think kind of the point of being a comedian is you kind of have to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least present yourself as such. Maybe he came across a little bit more condescending than was necessary. But, but, but I think that he earned that. It, it, It wasn't necessarily, he was, it wasn't necessarily that he was condemning the audience. He was condemning all of humanity like yes. we're all fucking idiots. We all have no idea. He definitely and the, the fact that like we allow these stupid scenarios, these stupid cycles, these repetitive algorithms that benefit no one except a very small percentage and the fact that we just keep buying into it because oh, now my peanut butter comes in cre- creamy or crunchy. Right. Right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's a uh... And it's just ultimately like it just doesn't have to be like this, but yet yeah. we just fall into these cycles. So I, I again, I don't, I'm not want to sit here and quote a bunch of bits, but I took myself on a little George Carlin trip, and I enjoyed every second of it, man. I'll give it the highest rating possible. I'll let you fill in five mics from the source, fucking four stars from Rolling Stone, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it's George Carlin at his best, man. Right. So um, also saw a movie. Uh, I think I've talked about it once or twice before. Um, it's called True Story. It um it is the story of a writer. His name is Michael something. I can't remember it. Um, but Michael Coxsmith. Sure. Okay. Um, but he was he used to work for the either the New York Times or the New Yorker. Very prestigious. Sure. One of um, one of those upper echelon. Very like, prestigious yeah, writing yeah. gigs, and uh, was like an award winning writer. And it's the movie starts with him going to um, some war torn country in Africa, and he talks to a bunch of. Uh, child soldiers and stuff like that. Who's in this? It's uh, sorry. It's uh, James Franco and Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah. Jonah Hill, and not in a comedic way in anything. This movie's not comedic at all. So it's not. It's less super bad, more like just Moneyball or or Wolf of Wall Street kind of thing. Yeah. Just in terms of Jonah Hill performance. Yes, yes, yes. Very much so. So Jonah Hill plays this writer. All right. Goes to Africa. He's talking to all these kids about you know child soldiers and the horrors of war and all the things that they have to go through. And this is sure. the third. And he, he falters in the sense of he kind of does an amalgam of all the children and writes them as one person. So, like, one kid has lashes on his back. Uh. One kid had to walk 12 miles just to go to work, and then he got beat by his by his overseer. The other kid had this going on. And he, he wrote them all as one person. So just sort of condenses it into one, like, sort of fictionalized well, the, character. the name of the kid was real, but... Right, right, right. But it but wasn't like, his exclusive experience. He wasn't, right, right. He he didn't have all these direct experiences. It was sort of... Collective. Right, yeah. Okay. And so he does that or whatever, and then ultimately the New York Times, or whatever prestigious place it was, sure. finds out about it, and they call his bullshit. And they go, hey, um, we did some research. Um, did it happen to this kid? Oh, 
no, I don't have my notes. It, it, it was this. It was, uh, I don't. And they pretty much out him and say, hey, um, yeah, you're fired. And he's like, can I just write an apology? Can I just? And they're like, no. He's like, if you write a rebuttal or a retraction or whatever, I'm done. No one's going to touch me. Right. And they're like, sorry, man. It's Ultimately, it's the fucking New Yorker. People right. would kill for time. Or the New York Times, whatever the fuck it was. Right, People right, would right. kill for this. You've done good work here. Sorry it had to end like this. So he's basically like blacklisted. Pretty much. And fired and let go. And, and they have to out him. They have to write a public apology going, hey... This is what it was, and and correct the story, mm-hmm. which it was a major headline piece that they did. So it's kind of it's kind of like um, a million little pieces or American Sniper yeah, or something yeah. like that, where it's like it's like eighty percent all there. It may not just have happened as exactly described. Right. right. Um, yeah. Again, it was a collective thing, and at this time that he's well, getting fired, never letting the truth get in the way of a good story. Well, when it's your job to report the, tr- the truth, <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, that's uh, a little different. That's what you're paid That's for. That's why I'm not a reporter, baby. Right. Um, so at the same time, James Franco's character, uh, Christian Longo is his name. Uh, Chris Longo, he goes by. Okay. Gets. That name sounds familiar. This yeah, it's was a, the it's, dude, well, if I remember, he murdered his family? Yes. Well, he, yes, he did. Okay. Um, and so he, Christian Longo, played by James Franco, uh, it kind of the movie opens up and you just see somebody walking over a bridge and hear shit splashing in there. You see a teddy bear falling on what looks to be a sleeping little girl. Turns out she's not sleeping and you hear splashing in the water. Mm-hmm. The movie opens up with Jonah Hill going through that. Cut to James Franco's character Christian Longo is arrested in Mexico for the murder for the wanted. He's like on the FBI's most wanted list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gets arrested for the murder of um, of his family. Right, his his wife and his two wife daughters. And three kids, I three think. Kids. Okay, yeah, or two two or three kids, either way. Sure. Um, point being, point being, yeah, um, yeah, I think it was three kids. Gets arrested when he gives whoever their name. He uses Jonah Hill's character name, Michael, whatever it is. And so, Cocksmith. yeah, Michael Cocksmith. So <laughs> Jonah Hill gets a call later. He's trying to find work. He's trying to write a book. He's trying to come up with a story. Nothing's really hitting. He gets a phone call. Saying, hey, what's your take on this Christian Longo story? Oh, so at the exact time that he's getting fired and having to recover is when he's getting the call being yeah. like, hey, what's so... What's your take on this Christian Longo story? He's like, who? He tells him, he's like, yeah, Christian Longo has been arrested for murdering his family. And like, why is this important to me? He's like, well, he used your name when he got arrested. He's like, oh, finally, the story of a... You know. Okay. So he goes off to prison to kind of, in, in a weird way, redeem his name. And so he starts to work with uh, with James Franco, Christian Longo. James Franco says, I'll give you the exclusive story. Mm-hmm. I'll give you everything you want. It's going to be at my pace, but you have to teach me how to write like you. You have to teach oh, me how to write. Interesting. Okay. And so they kind of form this... Kind of a soloist or... A little bit of a symbiotic relationship for sure. Sure, okay. And so, so like Venom. Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> and so ultimately what happens is... is um, Christian Longo, James Franco starts telling them all these stories. And you have to remember, the name of the movie is True Story. In order, excuse me, in order for Jonah Hill to redeem his name, he needs the facts of this story. He needs Christian Longo's take. Sure. The problem is, is you have a fucking master manipulator on the other end and an outright just fucking pathological liar. Right. And so as he's, this whole cat and mouse game things, as the trial start to come into play... More and more bullshit, more and more facts get laid on, and Jonah Hill is like, I'm staking my entire reputation, my whole comeback story, on this fucking guy. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, you, he can't afford another scandal. He can't right. afford, like, he has to make sure that, like, every fact is 
as it happened, like all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed and like everything's verified. But like, how do you do that against somebody who's just like, well, bullshit kind of happened like kind, that. Well, he just, he's a pathological liar in the sense of like, he believes his own bullshit and ah, he's just very like. The worst so, kind. Some people can just, they're just really fucking good liars. They can sure. just. And so his character, James Franco, is obviously like that. Turns out, fast forward, I'm not trying to recap the movie. Turns out, as you very well know, he did murder his whole family in a very violent fashion. Mm-hmm. And when he's in the courtroom uh, before that, uh, when he's teaching him, uh, Jonah Hill's teaching him how to write, he mentions something about a joke comes up between him, and it's a little inside joke. And he says, oh, I'll put that in the book. And he kind of says it tongue in cheek. He says, I'll put it in the book as a wink. James Franco says? No, no, no. Jonah Hill says, I'll put their little inside joke. Sure, sure, sure. I'll put that in the in the uh in the dedication as a wink. And he goes, James Franco says, Well, what's what's a wink? He's like, Oh, it's kind of a little nod between you and your somebody that you know, someone special to you. Right, 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 right. Like, like hey Sarah, thanks for all the sandwiches or right, whatever it right, may be. Right, right. Like right. So he's like, Oh, cool. He kind of laughs it off and whatever, and they, they're starting to bond a little bit. When he gets convicted of triple homicide after trying to blame his wife, he's like, the whole time he's, Christian Longo was like, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. He's telling James Franco, I'm innocent. Or telling uh, Jonah Hill, I'm innocent, mm-hmm. I'm innocent, I'm innocent. He goes to court. They ask about the, the first child's murder. He said, for that, you plead innocent. Okay. For the second child's murder. For this, you plead innocent. For the murder of your wife, you plead guilty. He's like, what the fuck? The murder of the fourth child or the, the third child, you plead guilty. And he's like, you got to understand the optics on this, dude. Right. I'm staking my whole reputation on this. You tell me you're innocent. Why the fuck would anyone believe that you only murdered two of them? Right. Like right. that doesn't right. make any fucking right. sense. Right. Well, the f- well, somebody I started a murders campaign and then somebody broke in and finished it off for me and I wasn't there for it, so I don't know. And really, the tragedy sets in in the sense is. He he does what a lot of people do. He blames his now dead wife for killing the first two, and then and he then says, and and then he he says, says I snapped. And then when I saw that the little girl, uh, yeah, and he not not to get graphic, but he ends up killing it. So he tries to blame it on his fucking wife, and then say, oh well, I was out of my mind, and then I had started to kill her. She came back alive, so I finished the job. And then he fucking stuffs him in a suitcase and dumps him in the river. Like, fucked up stuff. Right. Got enough logic to follow through on the, like, yeah. covering up of the crime. Yeah, exactly. Like, that black rage I felt. Yeah, so know. it's all bullshit. It's, and so Jonah Hill loses his shit. So when he finally gets convicted of murder, I wanted to, I brought all that up to say, there's a scene, and this is my favorite scene in the whole movie, uh-huh. is he gets, the judge pretty much says, it is a fucking abomination, not only what you did, but the fact that you had tried to fucking continue your tyranny on the memory of your dead wife by trying sure. to pin her with these right. crimes. You like, are how the, dare you? You are the worst fucking human being on the planet. Like, I hope that you, they, I'm going to throw the book at you. Sure. Like, you are sentenced to death, dude. Like, we will figure that shit out. For your, You are guilty on all charges. And uh, when he does that, Jonah Hill's jaw drops. And James Franco, the best scene in the movie, he turns to him and gives him what? Just a little wink of like a, eh, uh, like a little nod between friends, and he's like, "You motherfucker!" Goes uh, in the bathroom, vomits his guts out. It's such a great that's scene. That's like uh, uh, Primal Fear with uh, uh, Ed Norton yeah. and Richard Gere, where he's like, "Well, prosecutor, I didn't make up Alex. I made up whatever his name, Steve is." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like it's a good pull. Give, gives him a slow clap, like, "Way to go, prosecutor!" Yeah, yeah. He finally yeah, breaks. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, and so. So he basically just winks off and he's like, eh, you knew it. 
Yeah, kind of like it's between friends. Or you know the truth, but I'm going to... Because he, he's a... Fuck- but he doesn't know the truth because he's been well, that's lied thing. to the whole fucking he's, time. So he's like... He's saying that he, I gave you the scoop. Don't worry. That that could be one interpretation. Because the whole time he's like, I can't tell the truth yet. And Jonah Hill's like, who are you covering for? If there was a break-in, like what the fuck right, is going right. on? Are you if in play with... there is there a... Is yeah. there a who are you covering? Psychopathic for? lover is right. There, you know, was it the wrath of God? You know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Turns out he eventually confesses to his crimes, and uh, when he go, Jonah Hill eventually goes to see him. Very end of the movie, he goes to see him in prison, and uh, Christian Longo, James Franco, he's talking about his appeal. He's like, "Hey, man, uh, I'm working on my appeal," uh, and he starts to say, "I'm ready to tell the truth now. I'm ready to tell the truth." And Jonah Hill's like, all right, cool. Uh, 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 what is it? And he lays out this, James Franco lays out this story. And Jonah Hill's like, well, that kind of falls apart here. I mean, the only logical thing is it could be a break-in and then this and this. And jo- uh, James Franco, Christian Lungo's like, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't remember. And Jonah Hill just snaps and punches the glass between them. And he's like, no, that can't be it because it's all fucking bullshit. You know, like, you murdered your fucking family, you piece of shit. Like, right. fuck you. And Chris just calls him out, basically. Yeah, no, like, he's like, I made the whole thing Yeah, up. Yeah, no, it can't be because it's bullshit. You murdered your family, you sick fuck. And he goes, by the way, the appeal judge called me, and I let him know, look out for all the bullshit. Look out for the temporary insanity. Look out for intruders. Look out for, this, like, just self-defense, lazy. Self-defense. Self-defense, yeah, all yeah, yeah, of yeah. it. He's like, it's yeah, yeah. all bullshit. That's fucked. And ultimately... He says, uh, Christian, uh, Christian Longo looks at him and he's like, how's the book coming? And he's like, sales are good. And he's like, by the way, kind of says, you're welcome. I could have picked anyone else, but I chose you. And so kind of like, you're welcome. And Motherfucker, you use my name. You yeah, call me yeah. into this. And like, so he's like, you're welcome. I gave you the scoop. He's like, and the sad part is, is you need me more than I need you. Because he, he had mentioned something about, like, if I walk away, no one gives a fuck about you. You're just that right. dude who murders his family. And he's like, no, no, no. Anytime I call you, you come running. Right, 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 right. And right. he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I do. Don't I? Right. So it, the story ends there. Yeah, and I hate that bitch. I don't even want to talk to her. What you doing? Yeah. You up? Yep. Yes, I am. And he's like, I'm the best thing that's ever happened to you, mm-hmm. man. Anytime I will call, you will come run and watch. Right. And so they, they end up, they write a letter once a month to each other. And that's the end of the story. So... But uh, it's a pretty good movie. It's a really slow burn that really caps off with those two moments that I talked about. The wink in the courtroom and sure, Jonah yeah. Hill losing his shit. Sure, yeah, There's yeah. another cool scene where Jonah Hill's wife meets him in prison. And he tells a story about some musician who murdered his wife and a strange lover. And he's like, but see, I don't want to know that person. Like, my, my husband is the one that's obsessed with you. I look at this music for all of its beauty and all of its this. And I can't get past the fact that the person who wrote it is a fucking murderer. So I don't oh, want to get to know you. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like a, this is going to be really specific, but like like a Crispin Wah kind of situation where like or or a like I I don't care about or, the art. or or like Marlon Brando or something. You know what I mean? Like Crispin Wah, like just one of the specifically one of the greatest technical wrestlers of our time, and yet murdered his wife and child and like that's gonna be the thing that he's forever remembered for like as great as his work was and i'm a fan of his like i will watch a crispin wall match right now because it's that good it's that artistic it's that beautiful it is it is an art form done to the highest esteem 
and also he's a murderer or but like, yeah. like but she's like, like no you, you're like an Bill, analogy place Bill Cosby or R. Kelly or, whatever or, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever yeah and she looks at it through the other lens of like he's obsessed with you for these reasons but to me don't get it twisted I'm only here to let you know you're a piece of shit that murdered your family get like my husband will be back to me soon enough but like kind of fuck you dude right so right, right. very powerful so the movie really it's kind of slow I'm not gonna lie to you it's kind of a bit of a real slow burn a little bit but it how it, long is it it's really not that long. It's just not a lot. I, I pretty much just wrapped up the whole story for okay, you. Like, okay. It's just drawn out over two hours. But it's it's those points in the movie are like, oh shit, Like I can't get enough of those scenes. Like, so it's a lot of blase, blase. A lot of bullshit. To like, like just, just a high, or not even blase, blase, but like a lot of build is, is how I like to put it. It's a lot of characterization. It's a lot of like intricate getting to know the, the the characters and sort of their motivations and thoughts and then you pay it off with a huge scene you're you're like i'm only watching this movie whether you know or not it's true i mean if you've read the news you would know that it's true or if you know what it's based off of you know that christian longo murdered his family but if you're watching it to be like oh this guy's so interesting he's so charismatic charismatic and then you like look back when his wife says all that and you're like oh no this dude's a fucking murderer right like right. don't see through the veil Right, yeah, and yeah. so he he does a really strong performance. Both uh, uh, James Franco and Jonah Hill really give a strong performance. So I actually would recommend it. Slow burn, not for those. Obviously, it's very serious subject material. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've watched that movie a long time ago on HBO Max. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's called True Story. I get why it's titled that because this that's a that's the writer, a horrible movie title. Yeah, I was gonna say the writer needs a true story to redeem mm-hmm. his name. So I get it. It's a fucking terrible title for yeah. a movie. You can say true story, the Christian Longo story, but then it sounds like a documentary, you know. True, but there's the true story of Christian Longo, something like right, you can right, tie that right, in, but right. whatever. I would faith and re- edit or truth in editing or right. or the, the writing redemption, whatever. Yeah, right, the, right, whatever, so, whatever, whatever. So tough name for a movie, true story. Call it Highlander. Yeah, there you go. You'll sell some tickets, <laughs> then. but I do recommend it. I will give it. Um, Man, I almost went really dark there. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Speak no. on it, Um I will give it... I give it four buried bodies. Well, I'll give it <laughs> one mangled teddy bear is what I'll give it. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. No, hey, look, you no, said go there. Don't awe me now. Fuck you. Now, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Go there. Man, fuck you. Anyways, um, the other thing I watched, I got to go on, not only did I see... The play of it, but then I turn around and watch the film. Oh. I watched Rent. Oh, yeah! I actually dug it, man. I saw the theater production, the local theater here in Tallahassee. Nice. Okay. They put it on, and we went to opening night, and uh, I dug it. I had never, never seen it before. Never really knew the songs except right. for five hundred twenty-six minutes, six hundred seconds. That's how long this play goes on. Yeah, it does feel a little <laughs> long. Um, I did, like I said, I'm, I have a passing familiarity with it. I know that uh, Team America World Police makes fun of it with the everyone right. has AIDS, right, AIDS, right, AIDS, right, AIDS. Right. <laughs> Which, to be honest, in my opinion, it is kind of just like hobo AIDS. Like everyone's just <laughs> kind of homeless. Wait, in it's hobo AIDS? The play, yeah. <coughs> okay. It's like hobo AIDS the play. Um, and again, I'm not making, look, before, I'm not making fun of anyone with fucking HIV or AIDS. Mm-mm. Let's just get that shit out the way. Don't, don't at me, No, bro. it's just the premise The premise of, of the, the fucking thing right. is these people have to pay their rent in the right. first song. It's, how do we find the most tragic thing we can that's specifically to New York? Oh, the rent hike is going up and also the AIDS pandemic is right. happening. And right. also, what if we threw in a struggling artist and also and like... Up and coming... Maybe a rape scene. 
I don't think there's a rape scene in it. Oh, maybe I'm thinking. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Fame. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Sorry, yeah, yeah. very different movie. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I actually dug it though, man. The only thing I'll say, and I don't want to be too critical. Um, again, I knew nothing of it when I saw the play. The one of the main characters, his name is Roger, and he's supposed mm-hmm. to be this like tortured soul, like brooding artist, struggling artist who's like misunderstood. And the the performer again. I'm not trying to take shots here. He just came across as very like twa and like <laughs> like very like the darkness of my just, soul. Just constantly flipping his bangs over yeah, his hair and, he just, and like having his head down, his hoodie up, like I just been listening to my chemical romance on repeat for yeah. the past like six months. It just came across as just like I just would rather sit in this in this fucking place for squat in this fucking building for free with no room with no lights and just write my songs and struggle it out. Yeah. And he just came across as a little bit unlikable. Right. Uh, I mean, he performed all the songs and everything. I'm not, I'm really not trying to take a shot here. And so when I watched the play, that was my one criticism. Like the main, I didn't give a fuck about him. I was like, I don't, (laughs) I don't want you to. Just very unlikable. Yeah. It just came across as unlikable of like, I don't care. The darkness of my soul prevents me from making any real connections. And it's like, all right, man, like, well then fuck you then. Have fun having AIDS in the fucking cold in the place where you're the one that decided you're not going to pay rent. Like, how about you go get a fucking job? Oh man. It's so difficult being a struggling artist in New York City in the 1980s. You know what will make my life even harder? AIDS. Right. Also, being homeless. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, you know what will solve 90% of your problems right now? A job at McDonald's. Yeah. And not to port, like push corporatism, but like also, like you have a liberal arts degree, bro. Right. Like, what are you expecting? Right. Like. And I say that as someone with a liberal arts degree. I had to learn a, a viable trade. Like, yeah. yeah. I went to college for six years and I learned nothing. Pretty like, much. Sorry, dude. I, go go do something. Like, I mean, pretty much. I, I was actually on the side of the landlord. I understand he's supposed to be their friend, the landlord in the play. And he kind of dicks him over and is like, oh, you said we had an agreement that you weren't going to charge us. And then he's like, hey, well, we're going to industrialize this. And then he like offers to give it to him for free. It's it's like just... Yeah, isn't there a point where he's like... He wants to... Because there's some protest going on that's going to protest... Um, uh, or Maureen, the character, uh, is going to do some performances protesting uh, the them trying to... The kick, rent hike. Or the rent hike yeah. and kicking people out of their, their homeless villages and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to prevent that. So he tries... Whatever. But I'm kind of on the side of the dude. He's a little bit of a dick, uh, but it's like y'all should maybe figure out a better place to live. I mean, the literal the first the first song ends with "We're not gonna pay this year's rent, next year's rent, any more rent," and it's like you're not gonna also be living here. <laughs> like, I'm not. How am I supposed to sympathize or empathize with you? Right, 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 right. Like, and you just rather sit up there like, oh. It was supposed to be a, a, a studio for struggling artists. Well, okay, I've let you have it. You're a struggling musician who can't write a fucking song. Right. You're has, running has no money coming in. Yeah. So what are we doing? Right. What's right, the right. plan here? It doesn't right. look like I've fallen off this plan. I still want to turn it into a studio, but just an active one where I can make money off oh, of it. Where like people are actually paying rent and stuff. Yeah. And this sounds so fucking. I know, I'm, I know. I'm so against landlords and like rent hikes, like. Rent right now is so extreme and so... No, look, I'm not... Like, like I, I understand. Like, 
I understand that as a as a landlord, you have a right to make money. You don't have a right to make an exorbitant amount of money yeah, price or, to like, or to or to like bend people over the barrel because housing is a basic need that everyone should be able to afford. But also like. I've also had to deal with dickhead roommates who don't pay rent and trash your shit. And you're like, yo, dude, like, I just want you out. Like, yeah, I'm like, not for nothing. Like, I, I appreciate your struggle. But, you know, also, I'm paying your rent and your dog is shitting in my house right now. And we don't we're not supposed to have dogs. So right. can you please just like find somewhere else to live six six weeks later they're like yeah i'm kind of looking i'm like i need you to really look yeah i need you out i need you like six weeks ago right right so again i'm i'm being unempathetic but that's just kind of what it was i was like i'm a little bit on the side of of the landlord a little bit what i think you're saying is that we here at what's been watching studios are very pro-capitalist in the play yes (laughs) yeah no um but so anyway so i watched the I feel like I'm really not trying to shit on the uh, the local performance. No. I enjoyed every fucking second of it. Shout out to all the performers. It was just my one critique. It just came across a certain way. It's opening night. It's whatever. You did a task I could never do. So big shout out to you. Not shitting on anybody. Well, but also I, I think inherently there is a problem with the play itself in terms of just like, I, I don't know, like you and I were kind of talking about it. Like, hey, you know what I was doing? You know what I would do if I was a struggling artist that like, Found out I recently had AIDS and didn't have money coming in, and like my landlord was trying to cut me a deal, and I wanted to protest. I might just, oh, I don't know, I'd probably just shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. That's what I do. Just like, yeah. hey, it's hard living in New York. You know what's even harder living in New York with AIDS on the street? Yeah. So like, but it was uh, it's written by Jonathan Larson apparently, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, so after that we, I watched the the play live in person. And then I said I mentioned that to uh, to the lovely Angie. Uh, said, "Hey, yeah, you know the the, the main actor just kind of came across as unlikable." And she's like, "Yeah, he did." So we ended up watching the movie, uh, mm-hmm. the Chris Columbus movie, uh, who directed like fucking Home Alone and Miss Doubtfire, and yeah. uh, I think produced Gremlins. But yeah, yeah, um, I, I think he directed. Either way, either, either way. way, yeah, Miss Doubtfire, Gremlins, uh, first, Harry uh, Potter, first Harry Potter, first two Harry Potters, uh, yeah. Home Alone, yeah, and two. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Anyways, uh, watched Rent, uh, his movie, and definitely the main character is a little more likable. Came across as still brooding and still like a little bit of a tortured soul, but at least likable. At least charismatic. Cared. Like when his friends came in, he lit up and was like, oh, hey, man, like what's going on? Like, oh, he's still friendly too. Mm-hmm. Not just like every one of you bothers me all the time. Like, all right, man, fuck you then. Like, I could just stop coming around, you know? Right, right. Like, so it, it kind of. Hey, man, you invited me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> So it kind of changed my perspective of the uh, of it a little bit, but I still dug it, man. And it had the incomparable Rosario Dawson, one of uh, our former underrated performers of the week, who can't be overrated, who can't be underrated. It's just the she's best. just perfect. She's, she's just the shit, man. And everything you need, man. She can. She's got the comedic chops. She's got the the dramatic chops. The singing she, chops. Singing. This girl, she can do no wrong. And quite frankly. One of the most beautiful women in Hollywood right now, in terms of I can't like, disagree. I, I mean, cannot disagree. Like, it, it, not to reduce her to like you know physical object, but like, I mean, let's face it. Like, sex and beauty sells, and in terms of like marketable beauty, like, yes, she's very exotic looking. She's and she's motherfucking Ahsoka, and she's a nerd, which yeah. sells it for me. Right? No, she's just always been cool, man. She's got that cool East Coast vibe. I, I dig. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, no, so I, I really dug that more. The only thing that fucked me up is the, the most popular song. Mm-hmm. You know, 525 minutes. Yeah, 16, yeah well, it's, I think seconds. it's. Uh, somebody's going to scream at me for being a fucking idiot. I think it's like 525,600 minutes. Mm-hmm. How do you measure? Measure each year. The problem is, is I never remember that. <laughs> right. Well, I, I probably just butchered it just now. But it's something like that. It's like the most popular song from it. So me being silly, now all the time I just throw in random numbers. I'll be like, 365 days, how do you... Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. I'll be like, 365 days in about 80 minutes. How do you measure a year in 80 minutes? Oh, wait. (laughs) 65 million nanoseconds. (laughs) Yeah, I just say random shit now. Yeah. I'll be like, 5 billion, 32... Like... Just dumb shit all the time. So that song fucked me up. So that's another one of those 485 things. 485 trips to the store. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, uh, I sing that song all the time now. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. But again, the music's great, man. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I, again, it, it, my, I, I have the same problem with this, uh, with that movie that I do with most of musicals where they just, they'll either sing about the exact thing that just happened or it's some obscure reference that is supposed to encapsulate everybody's emotion. It's like, all right, well, just just show me the thing. Like, I like I, I much just prefer plays that are direct in terms of, like, showing me a, a, a characterization or, or, or a story arc that I don't necessarily need to break into song because... Nobody in life does that. Well, like, yeah, that's the point of musicals, often. Like, okay, so like, I would love to see a musical where it's just people experiencing something, and then they're in their car, and they're singing a song by themselves. That's the only time a musical happens in real life. Okay, write that. <laughs> I won't. I'll produce but... the movie. Yeah, I'll produce the music for you. Hey, if you can get Rosario Dawson attached, <laughs> right. I will write right. that. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Um, you give me James Corden, Rosario Dawson, uh, yeah, and I'm not, uh, yeah. uh, I'm not a James Corden fan. I'll just leave it at that. Let's bring in Hugh Jackman. Uh, I can bring in Hugh Jackman. Yeah, you can. We're friends here. At what you've been watching with Hugh Jackman? Hugh, listen to me. We know you're listening. Hey, Hugh Jacks, listen to me. Come on in. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, you got to shoot your shot, man. But no, I, uh, there's only one other song that was just kind of like a little bit pointless. Is like the Bob. I'm gonna fucking butcher it. La vivo am dun 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 la vivo am. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's yeah, just, yeah. it really is just ball of confusion by the Temptations, where they just like just with Latino flair. Yeah, but they're just saying like you're the problems of the world. They're like right. this and that and this and that and transvestites da da da, which isn't necessarily a problem in the world, but that's one of the lyrics they talk about. They're like this and that and this and that and da 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 da, and then somebody else jumps in and they're like, "Hi, rent." We Bill didn't can... start the fire. It's yeah. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Exactly, yeah. one of those. Which ball of confusion is the pinnacle there of doing is, sure. that. There that's is. like if you're gonna do it, that's the right. mark. So, but I dug it, man. It, it the the whole final act with Rosario Dawson. They're all her- like heroin addicts and ex heroin addicts too. Well, not right. all of them, a lot of them. Right. Um, Prostitutes, yeah, and it's whatever. And yeah. Homeless and struggling artists being like, "We're not gonna pay the rent." Yeah, so it's, but the whole final act of Rosario Dawson like dying in the power of love, like mm. it was kind of like, all right, like you kind of both were never that believable as a couple, anyways. But right. just to be honest, my part, like, yeah. and I'm not knocking the performances. It's just the story itself. It's like you both weren't that believable. You both were kind of at each other's throats a lot. He pushed you away, and then you found out that oh, 
I have the same disease as you do. Right. right. And so it was like, oh, we're cool now. Like, wait, what? Like, thank God the power of love was able to cure AIDS. Oh, wait, shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, turns out we're still fucked. Never mind. Yeah. Because it's the middle of the 80s and Reagan is taking over and we're just going to have to fucking hold on until the mid 90s. Yep. Pretty much. Unfortunately. <laughs> so again, man, don't, don't come at us. Sorry. With, that got too real. No, no, no. But don't, don't come at us with the, we're making fun of people with HIV. No, no, like, no. It ain't like that. We're talking about the premise of the movie. So yeah, chill yeah. out before you get all mad. It's my empathy, sympathies. I know somebody today that has it and he's doing very well. So, um, I'm glad times have changed and it's not the death sentence it used to be. And for I mean sure. that truly. So for sure, for sure, um, for sure. So yeah. Um, but other than that, man, I dug it, man. I, I'm starting to kind of get into watching some plays here in town. Cool, so man, yeah. There might be a new segment on the we, show coming up. I would love to go see one with you. I, you Come on, you've man. Been, you've been going to some plays recently, and I would love to, like, maybe we can go see some, like, Shakespeare in the Park or, or, I'm with it, bro. or some slam poetry somewhere. Hey, man, I'm with it. Um, other than that, just been watching, and you'll probably, I won't talk about it too much, but uh, football season started back up, man. So. Nice. Seminoles off to a great start. Eagles are one to zero. Squeaky barely got by. Hang on to win, win. So that's kind of what I've been up to, man. In terms of the viewership, so so football and plays. Football play. I know two opposite ends of the spectrum for sure. I was gonna say that seems kind of gay, but also kind of not. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> whatever. If it is cool, I'm with. It. So um, either way, you like tight ends. Hey, that's a good one to go out on. Oh man. Well, I got nothing else though, man. Yeah, I'm good, man. That kind of covers everything I got. Well, so. That's it, my brother. Well, then... Um, oh, uh, we have some outro music. You want to uh, talk about speaking that? Speaking of Florida State Seminoles, we got some Seminoles-inspired theme music, outro music to take us out from... Who else? This motherfucker, I'm telling Wait you... Wait a minute. So you're talking about Mr. A1 himself? Mr. A1 Prime himself, yes, sir. Uh-huh. The man is a quadruple threat. He sings, he raps, he dances... He does beats. He actually kind of pisses me off because he's one of those dudes that's good at everything. Like, right? Like, fuck well, you, dude. A little bit. He could never have ridden a skateboard, and then by the end of the day, I'll like barely get it. And he's like, oh, I did a flip off that one thing. I'm like, man, fuck you. Like, we'll play a video game. I totally just pulled a 900. No big deal. Like, we were playing video games one time, and it was a game I, I didn't have a huge head start on him, but I was playing for like a week. And, sure. he, had, and he caught up, and we're throwing sticks or whatever. By the end of the night, I'm like really trying to roll this cat, and he's like beating the shit out of me. And I'm like, man, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, Don't you hate it? Yeah, he's just nah, so. I say all that. Um, some Seminoles football inspired music from the lovely, the fucking multi talented Mister A One is going to be our intro music or outro music. Um, with that being said, in the meantime, in between times, go watch a movie, and as always, talk about it with some family. Right. <laughs> MD three signing out. <laughs> Marvelous Mike D. Outro.